Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kadiohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Let's be honest, if we had the heart for it, we could all be master manipulators. But how does it make you feel when you realize you've been deceived? Pastor J.D. reminds us today that Satan is not only the master deceiver, but he's the master of distraction. What better way to deceive nations than to distract them all? Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on May 8, 2022. Number 15, and this is also in 2 Timothy, this time chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. This is very specific in the last days, perilous times will come. Terrible, horrible times will come. And the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, goes on to list 19 markers. And I would encourage you, (laughs) it's not for the faint of heart, but I would encourage you to go through that list. Some of those words aren't in our vocabulary in our day and age. Of course, (laughs) our vocabulary has deteriorated over the years. It's just unbelievable. It's like we need to learn English again. I mean, in that list of 19 are things like people being treacherous. Well, that's not a word we use very much. Violent, lovers of self, disobedient to parents, slanderers. Whenever I think of that, I think of social media. How many people, their character is assassinated behind a computer screen on a keyboard or a device. Number 16, some will abandon the faith. And here it is, follow, and I want you to pay particular attention because it's very specific in 1 Timothy 4.1, deceiving doctrines of demons. Did you know that Satan has a a doctrine. It's a doctrine of demons, and it's a doctrine of deception. And this prophecy is concerning those who professed faith. They professed their faith in Christ. They professed to follow Christ. But instead, the last days will be marked by those abandoning the faith and following these deceptive doctrines of demons. That is an update unto itself. The demonic doctrines being taught today are so deceptive. I'm going to mention one. It's known by the acronym NAR. It stands for New Apostolic Reformation. 
You know what this demonic doctrine is deceiving people into thinking and believing? That there's what they refer to as a seven mountain mandate, where Christians, it's, it's roommates with dominion theology and kingdom theology, and it plays right into the devil's playbook. And what they teach is, this is so demonic, that Christians have to take dominion of the earth in seven arenas of life, education, government, religion, all of entertainment. Have fun with that one. (laughs) I mean, seven of these main areas in life, and Christians have to take dominion over them to usher in the return of Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, I don't know what Bible you're reading. And is it no wonder that Christians, well-intentioned Christians, have bought into this notion? You you know why it's so demonic? I'm going to explain this as simply as I possibly can. Because what it does is single-handedly delay my master's coming. Wait. So you're telling me that Jesus can't come back until we take dominion over all of these arenas in life? Oh, and then you're also telling me that the onus is on me. Well, if I'm not mistaken, Jesus said, all ye that are burdened and weary and heavy laden, come unto me. My my burden is light and my yoke is easy, and I will give you rest for your souls. The Apostle John said it this way, the commands of the Lord aren't burdensome. Man, if you lay that heavy trip on me, I got to get my guy in office, take control of this, take control of that, protest this, protest that, rally for this, rally for that. Sounds to me like the antithesis of what Jesus said when he was about to go to the cross, and he said, if my kingdom were of this earth, my disciples would fight. But my kingdom is not of this world. It kind of goes along, I had no intention of going this far with it, but maybe I need to. It kind of goes along with this notion of, hey, let's let's keep this thing going. Let's make America great again. Let's make this world great again. Because why now? Because my kingdom is here. See, I'm not laying up treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and where thief cannot break in and steal. My treasures are here on earth. My kingdom is here on earth. And I'm not ready to let it go yet. So I'm going to fight to keep this thing going. You'll forgive me, I just, I still have this, (laughs) this image. I hope you don't tire of this illustration, but I picture people, the Titanic's like this. Forget the deck furniture. They're, They're trying to go down below and fix it to make the Titanic great again. 
And I'm over here going, this thing's going down, man. Let go, let it go, let it go. Here, here's the lifeboat of salvation. <laughs> you Listen, you're either going down or you're going up. Why do you want to keep this thing from going down? I want to go up. In fact, you're the problem. That's why we haven't gone up yet. You're trying to keep this thing afloat. Okay. You know, and you talk to people about this and they, and I'm talking about brothers and sisters in Christ here, okay? The only question I have is, why? Don't you want to go home? Are you still tethered to this world and the things of this world? I mean, that's the only thing I can come up with that even comes anywhere close to explaining, not excusing, explaining why it is that you'd want to keep the Titanic afloat. Thank you for your grace. Number 17, God, again, Second Thessalonians chapter 2. God Himself, by the way, sends this powerful delusion to those who are perishing that they should believe the lie. Now, at first read, that would almost seem unfair, unjust, until you understand that they'd already rejected the truth. Their mind's already made up, their heart is already hardened, and their fate is already sealed, and God's just given them over to it. Because God's never going to force Himself on anyone. You've already made your choice. You've rejected the truth, so I'm going to give you over to the lie. Oh, wait, the truth? Yeah, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and there's no way to the Father except through me. And you've rejected that? Okay. I tried. We're seeing this in Jeremiah. I mean the pleadings and the weeping and the... <laughs> that's why Jeremiah is affectionately referred to as the weeping prophet. Pleading with the people, come back. Return to the Lord. Return from your backslidings. Repent. And they don't take heed. So, okay. Number 18, lastly, all the nations on earth will be deceived by sorcery. Revelation 18, 23. It's this last one that I want to spend the remainder of our time together expounding on by virtue of, well, I think for what would be deemed obvious reasons. I'm going to do my best with the help of the Holy Spirit to keep this short and sweet. Of course, I don't know how sweet it's going to be, but I'll get right to the point on this one prophecy. And again, it's a prophecy we've talked about at length. And I want to start by drawing your attention first to Revelation chapter 18, verse 23. 
This is speaking of Babylon in the tribulation. The light of a lamp shall not shine in you anymore. And the voice of bridegroom and bride shall not be heard in you anymore. And here's why. For your merchants were the great men of the earth. For by your sorcery, hang on to that word, all the nations were deceived. All the nations? Yeah. Every nation on earth? Yes. That's what it says. All the nations on earth are going to be deceived by this sorcery. Yes. Revelation chapter 9, verse 21. And they did not repent of their murderers or their, here it is again, sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. Again, just hang on one more, Revelation 16, verses 1 and 2. And there's a reason why I think we need to revisit this particular prophecy here. Verse 1, Revelation 16. Then I heard a loud voice, this is John now, a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go, pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. The first angel went and poured out his bowl on the land, and, listen, ugly, festering sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. Now, why do I include that? Because, stay with me, this to me sounds like an adverse event. This to me sounds like a physical reaction to a medical procedure. Now why do I emphasize that? Because there are those who are saying that it is not a physical or medical or biodigital mark. No, yes it is. Yes it is. Because apparently when you get to Revelation 16, there's going to be this adverse reaction, physical reaction, and it's pretty graphic, ugly, festering sores, and apparently it's only going to be on those who had taken the mark. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. So what is this? thing. Well, it's a pharmaceutical. That's what the word sorcery means in the original language of the Greek New Testament. It's the Greek word pharmakeia, pharmakia, however you want to pronounce it. And it's where we get our English word for pharmacy, pharmaceutical, pharma. It's this sorcery, this witchcraft, this satanic, demonic component that is part of this deception. 
And if you were to ask me what I thought was the number one prophecy in play today that tells me that we are so close, this would be it. What about everything else? No, no, this is it. What about Israel? Well, I mean, if they are building the third temple, then don't buy green bananas, because you may not be around. I haven't used that one for a while, so I thought I'd... I know you know where I'm going with this, so I'll get right to the point. This points to a global deception surrounding a big pharma solution. As I was preparing my heart in preparing today's update, I was struck with this notion that deceptions oftentimes come by way of distractions. Let me say the same thing in a different way. So you've got this global deception, as we just read. The whole world is deceived. All the nations on earth are deceived. And if you really think about it and peel back the layers off of it, what you'll find is at the core of a deception is a distraction. Well, what do you mean? Well, if you'll kindly indulge me, I'd like to present another list, not 18 this time, so take heart and don't look at your watch. Eight. And again, in no particular order, but these are just some of the many distractions today. Number one, the alleged, keyword Supreme Court leak concerning Roe v. Wade. Now please, please, please don't get me wrong. If, if they reverse this, hallelujah, wow, wow God, wow God. If you don't mind, I, I need to, and I asked the Lord about this yesterday and this morning. When it comes to abortion, which by the way, the common denominator with all of these distractions and the many more that we're not going to talk about today, the common denominator with all of them is that they cause confusion and division. So this is a distraction, huge distraction. Oh my goodness. But one of the things that I think is lost when it comes to abortion, especially, and this is hard on this Mother's Day, for those who have had an abortion or been a part of an abortion, I mean, one would almost think that it was the unforgivable sin. It's not. It's not. God is a loving God, and God is a forgiving God. If you've had an abortion or been a part of an abortion, God loves you and God forgives you. And if you know Him and are born again of the Spirit of God, you're going to see your baby or babies again, soon and very soon, by the way. I think the enemy has succeeded in large measure within Christianity to paint this. And again, don't get me wrong, this is abominable. In fact, we're going to see this on Thursday night, Lord willing, and 
Jeremiah chapter 7, the Israelites were practicing this, sacrificing their children alive to Molech, which is a modern day, just repackaged, we call it abortion. But isn't it interesting, the timing of this? And now everybody is talking about this, fighting about this, arguing about this. So of course, I'm sure you heard, I'm so glad you're here today. That's what I love about you, because I'm sure you saw the, the news. Of course, they got to keep gaslighting people, right? They got to keep fear alive. Fear, keep them afraid. Churches are going to be targeted because of this. Well, come on. Come on in. Maybe you'll get saved. You need Jesus, by the way. Nice try, though. (laughs) You you kind of got away with that for a little while, didn't you, trying to keep people from coming to church. And then when you let people go to church, they couldn't sing. They couldn't hug. Come on. Number two, the upcoming midterm elections here in the U.S. Again, please don't email me. I mean, this is a distraction. This is a distraction to get us to look over here, and what about them, and this candidate, and that candidate. By the way, let me go on record, because this is an issue. We from this pulpit in this God's church will not promote a political campaign. So don't ask us about that, okay? And here's why. (sighs) Let me preface it. If God has called you in the political arena, you best be found doing that which God has called you to do. But from this pulpit, we are not going to promote a political candidate. Oh, but yeah, they're pro this, anti that, brother in Christ, praise the Lord. But my calling as a pastor, which is my privilege to be, is to preach the word. Period, not comma. And if you've been coming here for any length of period of time, first of all, thank you. (laughs) But secondly, um, I'm out of this game. I quit playing. I quit playing the game. And oh, the peace. Thank you, Capono. I surrender all. Oh, man. I'm so free. I'm so free. I'm out of the game. Go ahead, you guys, because you you guys are fighting. I just, no thank you. You're all arguing and divided. No thank you. A house divided, Jesus said, cannot stand. The left and the right are two wings on the same phoenix rising from the ashes of chaos. We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. You've been listening to the latest prophecy update that Pastor J.D. has been sharing. And as always, it's fascinating to hear and learn 
about how the things going on in the world relate to things predicted in the Bible. If you're ever interested in finding out more about this ministry, head over to jdfarag.org. That's jdfarag.org to learn more. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to come check out our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. There's a Calvary link at the bottom of our webpage, so look for it at jdfarag.org. That link will give you more info on service times, directions, and more. Also, on our website, you'll notice a tab at the top that says ABCs. This is a helpful tool if you're in need of understanding a more in-depth view of what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus. If you or any friends or family need some clarification, this should help clear some things up for you. Again, that website is jdfarag.org. Next time, you'll get to hear some more interesting things about current affairs and how they relate to what the Bible says to be true. The prophecies in the Bible were not just mentioned casually. Every prophecy written in the Bible will come to pass. So there's much to understand about what's to come. We look forward to that time with you and hope you'll join us then. Until then, may you be looking for wisdom from God in spirit and truth.